I'm going to chat around some things this morning, and I, and I don't really want to be long because I just want us to grab a hold of of what it is that God is saying in the season in our lives. I know I, a lot of people, you know, we don't know about the seasonal stuff, but I really believe, you know, Ecclesiastes said there's season to everything under the sun, and and I believe that even in our Christian walk there are times where we need to be so careful and so diligent in what it is that God saying to us because at times we become so busy that we miss completely what God is doing. Completely, even though we do the God stuff, we will miss what God is doing. And, and I know I was just checking down, I think we're in, I don't know, day 440 something of lockdown at the moment. It's been 18 months and I'm not going to um, um, uh, uh, do a political thing this morning. But I want to say this to you that it has been tough on all of us. And it's, it's great to say, oh, but you know this and that. It has been tough on every single one of us. And I think we need to grab a hold of it this morning that it's been a tough season. It's been a tough 18 months for the church. It's been a tough 18 months for the medical practice. It's been a tough 18 months for hospitals. It's been a tough 18 months for businesses. It's been a tough 18 months for restaurants. I don't think there's anybody that has come out of this pandemic unscathed at the moment. And, and you know, something that we thought was going to last 21 days last year in March, we're ready to 18 months um, of this COVID pandemic and uh, and the church even just, and I can only speak for myself, I'd hate to know what the nurses feel like, I'd hate to know what the doctors feel like, I'd hate to know, you know, what the clinics and they feel like, because they must be so overwhelmed by what is going on around them. And I should tell myself that some of these close calls in the last seven weeks and it's like isolate and isolate and isolate and isolate. And so it, it's been taxing on every single one of us. Um, and I'd hate to know what it's like to be a nurse right now or a doctor just every day going into the hospital and knowing you're actually looking at COVID patients and the chances of you getting it is like probably 80 or 90%. So, you know, whether we like it or not, it's been a tough, tough season for all of us. I know the church has started and it's gone and I think even as elders, we don't even know what to do anymore. We make a decision today, we, we get the wagon going in the right direction um, and just as the wagon picks up momentum, we can shut down again, the, the wagon gets popped in the garage. Three months later, we pull out the wagon again, we're 50, we're 100, we're 200, we're zero. The church has closed down four times in the last 18 months. We've had zero people able to attend. Um, and it's almost like, for us in the leadership, it's like we, we re, we've replanted church five times in the last 18 months. And uh, it's been exhausting. It's been exhausting trying to work out this camera stuff. It's been exhausting trying to get to people that are sick and not being able to go to hospital visits for people. You know, not being able to go and visit people that are sick. It's, it's really been the toughest time in history. And I want to say this all respect to be a pastor right now. And I'm not negating the medical stuff. I'm speaking from me as a pastor this morning. It has been really tough. Um, and uh, there have been times where we've been exhausted. There's times where things haven't worked out the way we wanted to. And I remember when they announced that the president was speaking three weeks ago. And I'll be absolutely 100% honest with you when he said that uh, we, we're going to get locked down again in, my, in myself, in myself first Saturday. I almost sent this, 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 this relief come over me because I knew and I know myself that I needed a time of rest. I know that I, I've, I've pushed so hard in the leadership and the worship guys and we've pushed so hard that I just knew that I was coming to a place in my life where if I don't rest now, Things are not going to end well for us. 
And I remember when the president said that we're going to go for another two weeks lockdown, there was almost a sense of relief. And please keep me wrong, I love God, I love church, I love everything. But there was this real sense of relief over me, like, okay, now you need to take this time to rest, good Saturn. And, and I just heard God clearly say that to me, that it's time just to relax. Um, and, and it has it's been, it was two weeks and then it was three weeks, and I think we gave you four weeks now. So it'll be a time of refreshing. And, and in ministry, you know, I don't think I've ever buried as many people as what I've buried in the last year. It has been, it has been taxing on us, it's been taxing um, as a pastor, it's been taxing on the congregation, um, it's been taxing. I think it's not one person that is listening to that has gone unscathed. Every one of you have lost a friend, every one of you have lost a family member, every one of you have lost colleagues. How many of you know people that have been retrenched? So things aren't looking that great. But I, but I want to take a word, I mean, I'll give you a word of encouragement this morning. And almost not just a word of encouragement, but I want to say it's a prophetic thing that I want to declare over your life this morning. In the last few weeks, we've, I've just been really sitting, sitting with the Word of God, just saying, God, what are you saying, what are you saying, what are you saying, what are you saying right now? And this week I turned to 1 Kings chapter 19, um, and I want you to turn there quickly. But I'm going to just give you a pretext of what happened now. Now, 1 Kings 19 is the story of Elijah, all right? And so... 18, let's go back to 17, 18. So what happens is, we all know the story, that King Ahab is completely disobedient. Elijah comes and he declares a drought over the land. In that time, Jezebel comes and kills a whole lot of God's prophets and destroys them. Elijah takes a hundred prophets and goes to hide in the caves. <coughs> um, then, he gets, then you've got to understand, he comes to Mount Carmel. And so what happens there, that he, he faces 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. And, and he calls out fire from heaven. I'm just giving you a pretext of what's happening here quickly. And all of a sudden he destroys all of Jezebel's prophets. And it's not just as he destroys the prophets, but he walks out there. And, every, and the, just the, the fullness of God is upon him. And uh, as he walks away there, God says to him, Right, now I want you to go and reveal yourself to the king. And tell the king that he needs to prepare because there's a sound of abundant rain coming. And we all know the story is that he goes into the mountain, he sends his servant seven times, seven times, or six times he comes back, he says there's nothing. The seventh time he says there's, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. And we know that Elijah hurts himself, he runs to, the, uh, runs to the king, he says, prepare yourself for there's a sound of abundant rain coming. So this is, this is, this is what Elijah was building. In three years, this is what he endured. For three years, he was in the desert. For three years, he was in hiding. For three years, he had to do all these kinds of things. All right, but he comes to a place where, um, in chapter 19, after the rain has come now and the prophets have been destroyed and all these kinds of things. All right, Elijah says, to, um, sorry, we go in chapter 19, verse 1 says, And at that time, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he executed all the prophets with the sword. So you've got to understand something. Uh, King Ahab has just noticed, or just noticed, that he's just 850 prophets have been destroyed. And he still doesn't believe that God's enough. They've had three years of drought and famine and, and everything falling apart and all of a sudden it rains. But his biggest thing is, he still has a problem. He still has a problem with Elijah. So he goes to Jezebel, his wife, and tells him everything that Elijah's done. And then Jezebel sends a message to Elijah saying, So let the God do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life to Bashira, who belongs to Judea, and left his servant. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness 
and came and sat under a broom tree. Now, now just, I'm going to stop right there because you've got to get the whole picture of what is happening here. This incredible, this, this prophet of God, this anointed man of God, has just taken 850 prophets. He has just shown fire come from heaven. He has killed all of them. He has broken the drought. And all of a sudden, he gets this message from some woman that says, basically, look, I'm going to take you out. And the word of God says that Elijah picks up his stuff and he runs. It's his madness. It's just, like, I've read this so many times. I'm like, what, why would Elijah run? Why, why did he come to that place where God had done so many great miracles in his life? And all of a sudden, one message, and he picks up and he runs. But as I start to read the story, the space that Elijah is in becomes evident, okay? Now, in verse 4, I read again, it says, But he himself went to a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat under a broom tree, and prayed that, that he might die, and said, it is, it is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah comes to a place in his life where he's physically, mentally, and spiritually absolutely exhausted. And we miss this in ministry, we miss this in church life, because we constantly think we've got to be this perfect Christian, we've got to, we've got to be at church 24-7, we've got to read the Bible 365 days a year, we've got to pray 24-7, and if there's any chink in our armor, or any sign of wearing or tiredness, all of a sudden it's like it's a failure on us. Oh, you don't trust God enough, or oh, you know what, you know, you need to put your faith in God, you need to do this, you need to do that. And that's where the scripture comes in Ephesians, where, where the poor writer says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and forces of darkness. And so Elijah, the, the one of the greatest prophets in the world, comes to God and says to him, God, if you don't mind, I am so finished, I am so exhausted. Can you just take my life right now? I, I need to go. I, I need to just go. I, I, I can't anymore. And this is not just me, and it's not just the pastors, and it's not just the doctors, and it's not just the worship. But I think in the last 18 months, everyone has come to this place where we've had to identify that we're physically exhausted. We have to come to that place. Because let me tell you something, we cannot carry on the way we carry on and not realizing the seasons that we're in. And a couple of months ago, God gave me the word pause. He said, I'm going to put a pause on life. I'm going to put a pause on what is happening. And I don't think many people listen to what I said when I said it four or five months ago. That there's a pause coming in our life. There's a time of refreshing that is coming in our life. There's a time where you and I need to spend that quietness in the presence of God and sometimes just sit. And sometimes it's not about the big prayers. And sometimes it's not about online services. And sometimes it's not about watching 400 YouTube videos. Sometimes it's just you need to sit. Sometimes you just need to put a blanket over your head and sleep. That we're not that spiritual that we can survive the physical. And Elijah comes into this place and he says, God, I want you to take me. I've had absolutely enough. And the word of God says in chapter verse 5, says, Then as he lay and slept under a broom, suddenly an angel came. That the man is so exhausted. I mean, everyone says, Oh, but you know what, Kurt, I don't understand. You know, you, just, you can't get 800 prophets. And he did this and he did that and he did that. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how much you preach the word of God. It doesn't matter how much anointing of God. Someone once said to me, they said to me, no, if you're doing godly stuff, you should never get tired. Totally disagree. Because let me tell you something, if you think that the flesh can keep up with the spirit, <laughs> you're in the wrong place. Yeah. That if you think that this mortal body can keep up to the supernatural, 
You're in the wrong place. And we've seen this in ministry so many times. We're passing the burnout. They come into a place where God is saying, you need to rest in the worship. You need to rest in our family. You need to rest in our workplace. You need to rest. And you know what? We don't. And because then all of a sudden there's no more signs and wonders and miracles that are following us because we're so exhausted that we're not hearing the word of God or what God is saying to you. And you know what we do? We push. And then all of a sudden we start to make things happen. We start to make things happen. Then we want to push everything on God. Say, but you know what? Where's God? Where's the Prince of God? Where's the anointing? Where's this? Where's that? And get where is the stuff? And we don't understand that there's a time in your life and in my life where God is really, truly calling you to a time of rest. Now, I love this because there's, there's two things that happen here in the story. And I want you, I want you to listen quickly. So he looked up and by his head, Elijah, was a cake of uh, cake baked on the coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, listen to this, and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. <laughs> I want you to get that. That burnout doesn't mean it's the end. It does not mean it's the end. That sometimes that when God calls us to be still is preparation for what's about to come. You know, God didn't give up on God didn't say, well, Elijah, I'm just going to let you die right under the, bruce, the, uh, the, the broom tree. He said to him, let me prepare you. And the crazy thing is, is that God's, God's, what is, what is the right word? Um, God's script for Elijah's burnout is bread, water, and sleep. It didn't appear in the cloud of glory. It didn't, you know, make the, the, everything happen. He basically, all he did was sent him an angel and said, Listen, my buddy, there's some bread, there's something, sleep. Yeah. Elijah wakes up and God says, I have slept enough. He has more bread, he has more water, go sleep. Yeah. Prescription. Prescription. He gives him a prescription. He says, This is what I need you to do for the next couple of days. He says, Because you're about to embark on something. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the thing is that when we are so exhausted that if God had to say to Elijah, a day before that, my bud, we have a great journey for you. In the state that Elijah was in, he would not have coped. Yeah. Because he was finished. Yeah. He was burnt out. He was exhausted. He was tired. And if God had said to him, well, you're about to go on a journey, I think, like you and me, I would probably, I don't know. Well, guys, don't worry. No, there's a fourth wave coming. And the minute we hear that, everything inside of just goes, oh, we can't do this again. You know, are we going to make it? Is the church going to survive? Are we going to survive? Is business going to survive? Is restaurant going to survive? We all just crash and burn. But God feeds him. And God almost gives him that space of rest under the tree. That he just sleeps. And he gives him bread. Gives him some water. He says, sleep a little bit more. Next minute the angel is there. Gives him a little bit of bread. A little bit of water. Sleep more. And then the angel turns around and says to him, because the journey you're about to embark on is so great. And I want to say this prophetically, I believe, church, that we're about to embark on something that is mind-blowing. I promise you, we're about to embark on in, uh, in something that will change our lives and change church and the way we do stuff. But the thing is that God is looking for an army. God is looking for a people. God is looking for prophets and evangelists and, and those guys that are refreshed, that are healthy, that are strong, that are ready to go. Because verse 6 says, and after Elijah heard that, so he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Herod. 
That God fed him and not just God gave him two days food, but God gave him enough food to sustain him for a 40-day journey. It was a 200-mile journey to Mount Hebron. Hebron. You don't know what your journey is like. We don't know what the next 40 days are going to be like. But I want to say to you, enjoy what God is giving you right now. Right now, maybe some bread baked on cold is enough. Maybe just some water is enough. Maybe just two days of sleep is enough for you. Maybe just sitting and listening to worship music and keeping our mouth shut for a change is enough. Because you see, until we rest, God cannot send us. Until Elijah found a space of rest, a place of, of intimacy, a place of his presence, God wasn't about to move him on. Now you've got to understand something. His journey was to Mount Herob. And where was Mount Herob? Mount Herob was the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Mount Herob, at the end of the day, was the place where Moses saw the burning bush. Mount Herob was the place where the, where the heavens shook and the mountains started to shatter, where the winds blew and the rocks fell to pieces. What? Herob was the place where things happened. Yeah. A 40 day journey to the place where things happened. They used to call it Mount Sinai as well. 40 days. He had to go to that place where God always had to deal with him to release him to the next phase of his life. But again, I want to come back to those two days. I'm going to come back to those two days that he just laid there under the bush. And we miss this. We miss this. Especially as pastors, I think it's good because so much on our mind because we think, well, we've got so much to do and if we miss one live feed, we're going to lose people and if we don't do a midweek service, we're going to lose people and if we don't do, make sure just every single day we're going to lose. Let me tell you something, you're more likely to lose yourself than your congregation. And I'm going to say that to all leaders and to all our life group leaders and to all our elders and everybody, you will lose yourself if you do not find rest. You see, prophetically, God's taking us to a place where things happen. And the mountain might seem fun, and we can carry on the story, and I'm not going to preach on the story, but we know the story. He goes into the cave, and God speaks into the wind, and God speaks into the thunder, and God speaks into the lightning, and God speaks into the shaking before He comes out of that place. We know what happened in the cave. We're all aware of the story. But I was so focused on this thing, you know, there's this point where he says, And so he arose, ate and drank, and went in the strength of the food forty days and nights, as far as Heron, the mountain of God. The place of God where God met Moses, the place where God met Moses twice. And you know what? I just, I had the sense in my spirit, and this is for good Satan, I don't know it's for you, but you know what? Almost like God wants to take us back to our place of meeting. That God wants to take us back to our place that encounter we for the first time. That place where Moses looked and the bush was burning, but it wasn't burning. And you know what the word heron means? It means to glow or heat. That's what the word means, to glow or to heat. It's a mountain that would glow. Why? Because that's where Moses saw God come down and call the Ten Commandments. That's where Moses stood barefoot in front of a bush that was burning while God spoke to him. But we're going to come back. And I'm going to do this. But we've got to come back to that place where there was rest. Where he found rest in himself. Where he came to God. And you know what it is? That often what God had to deal with in Elijah's life was more than anything was, was pride. And often it's in our lives that pride is what? Well because a lot of times 
we think that's a sign of weakness to be weak. And I know that doesn't make sense. But we do. Sometimes we think we've got to be strong for everybody. Sometimes we feel like, you know what, our cowboys don't cry. Let me tell you something, there's been many days in the last 18 months that I've actually just sat and cried. And I didn't cry because I was depressed, I didn't cry because things were falling to pieces. I simply just sat there and realized how physically exhausting the world had become. And actually pick up yourself on a Sunday morning and go, come on, you've got to go play now Stephen. You know, devil, we're going to lead worship again. You know, and in our minds, the devil's going, well, hi, dude. Everyone else is under their debate right now with a nice cup of coffee. You know, everyone's in still in their PJs. And here we are. And here we are. Never despise the season that we're in right now. Never despise getting up early to do laughing. Never despise the fact that we need to worship and get up and preach. Because I really believe God is going to honor us at the end of the day, but I want to say this to you, that whatever we do, we've got to do to bring glory and honor and praise in God. You see, when we start to do stuff, to draw attention to ourselves, this is where we start to miss it. When we start to do stuff in the kingdom of God, simply because we want to be noticed for what we do, we're in the wrong place. And I think Elijah got to that place where he had given out so much physically, and you know, I, I, again, I, I, wanted, I said it last week, the chosen, you know, that, 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 that episode where, you know, Jesus just healing, 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 and the disciples are busy moaning and he comes back physically exhausted. Mm. And we've got to get that, that even time Jesus needed time to rest. Even in the middle of a storm, what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. He was having a cat now. Why? Because even Jesus understood how important it was to find rest for ourselves. Because the rest empowers us for the next part of the journey. And let me tell you something, we, you and I are not going to get to the next part of our journey if we don't find the strength that we need now. Yeah. You know what the word said, the angel said again? Go in the, basically, go in the strength of the food that I provide for the next 40 days. It was the meal that would sustain him to make it to the mountain of God. To the place where things happen. We've got to be so careful that by the time this pandemic is over, that we're all not done. We've got to be very careful that there always comes a time of refreshing in our lives. There always comes a time of refreshing even in the disciples' lives, and we read about them, and we read about the prophets. There's always that time of refreshing, a diet time of calling aside. You know, where God just calls us aside for us. God calls aside from just to climb into bed. No, no, I'm, I'm one of those OCD kind of, you know, ex-military kind of get up six o'clock every single morning kind of person. Because if I sleep a lot for six, I'm just considering myself to be lazy. And I tell you something, the last week I've been lazy. <laughs> no, I've been lazy. No, I've been lazy. I've been spending a lot of time in their bed. And I'm not embarrassed about it. Because, I, you know, I, there's something that is stirring in me. For the last few weeks that something is about to give and i know you guys are disappointed i know how many times we've prayed for covid people and they're dying and we're saying god where are you why are we into this pandemic you know why are we battling why are we losing jobs look at the riots happening for Zulu town god where are you 
in the midst of all this chaos, what is happening? Why aren't you coming? Why aren't you healed my dad? Why aren't you healed my sister? Why have I lost my uncle? Why have I lost my auntie? Why have I lost work colleagues? Why have people lost jobs? Why have people lost babies? There's, there's a million of questions that you and I are asking God right now. And at times we don't feel like we're getting an answer. At times we don't understand it. And even as a pastor, I'm trying to fathom what is happening around us. What is going on around us. But I've got to stick to the scripture that says that when an enemy comes in like a flood, God is going to raise up the standard. But he wants that standard to be refreshed. He wants that standard to be refilled. He wants that standard to be refilled. He wants us to be ready for the next season that God is bringing about. We're about to go to the place where things happen. Yeah. And I don't know what your Herob looks like. I don't know what your Sinai looks like. I don't know where God is calling you to. But what I'm saying to you now, please, please guys, don't all go climbing to bed and say, well, Pastor Good said, I don't have to go to work the next week. Okay, find your boss. Find your boss. You know, we are here. We, he said, he told me, just on the video, look, he said, I hope you That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you in yourself need to find rest. You need to find a place of refreshing. You need to find a place of His presence. For some of us, worship. For me, it's worship. For me, it's just, I can just switch on music, music worship music, and just, and just sit there. I can just switch it on YouTube, on the TV, and just sit on my bed, and just absolutely soak in worship. But that's, I love it. It's, and I don't understand why God didn't give me a voice, because I love worship so much. But there's a reason for everything. But it is a place of refreshing. You need to find that place. You know, and hear me. Hear me here. If it's fishing, go fishing. If it's golf, go play golf. Listen to what I'm saying. You find something. Like, let me tell you something. I've had my most godly moments fishing on a boat. More than I've had inside of a jet building. And I think we're going to get this right. And you're going to make a decision today. Are you ready? Are, are you ready to go to the place where things happen? Are you refreshed? Are you hearing what God is saying? Because let me tell you something. In the season that you're in right now, I truly believe that if you open your eyes, I'm going to say this prophetically, I believe there's an angel getting you ready. I believe there's somebody cooking you a cake. I believe there's someone giving you a little bit of water and there's someone putting your head on a pillow and saying, I want you to rest. Because what's about to come, you see, is great. And we've got to understand that we miss this, that we miss this. He says, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. In closing, stop trying to do everything yourself. You know, there's an old saying goes, something so spiritually, what, so spiritually, that they're not earthly good, how does the saying go? You know? So spiritually minded, they're not earthly good. And it's that that God is calling us to, because let me tell you something, we look like we're defeated right now in the church. We do. I mean, I've been living 50 odd years. I've never ever in my entire life heard of church closed down. In 21 years of ministry, we closed the church one Sunday. And that was the Sunday that it flooded about 10 years ago. We were across the road and it was just, everything was flooded. That was the one Sunday. And in the last 18 months of ministry, I've had to close church down four times. Sure. It's crazy. But, but, if I'm going to look in my own strength, the journey is going to be too hard for, too great for me. But if I find God 
in this season. If I allow God to speak into my life, he said, I believe that God wants to do something so unique and so different in your life and my life. You see, so often we get, we get challenged and, and it's the Jezebels that are screaming death to us and it's the king that's after us and it's everyone that wants to kill us. It, it feels like the whole world is against us. Sometimes you just need to breathe and realize something, that God is in control. Yeah. That even Elijah didn't even have to say, God, I need to die right now. God already knew it. God already knew the great things he had done. And it doesn't make him any less of a prophet because he had a burnout. It doesn't make him a less of a prophet because he said, well, God, I can die right now. You know, and go, oh, but look at all the great stuff he did. Wait, wait, wait. You saw what he did. Did you see what he was about to do? And if you saw what he was about to do, and not just that, that he was about to rise up, raise up a son in Elisha, the prophet he would carry on straight after this. And so what he was about to do was far greater than what he had done. And I want to say this to you right now. What you're about to do is far greater than the things you have done. So I'm saying, oh, I've been in ministry 21 years and I've done this and I've done this and I've led worship all I don't care. I don't care. All of that means absolutely nothing if you're not prepared to look what God's about to do in your life. The place where something happens. Your mountain. Your Mount Sinai. Your Mount Herod. It's on its way. But in the season right now, find rest in God. Find rest in what it is that God wants to say and do in your life. And I, I give up, can, you, can you just come with a guitar? And I, just, I want to pray for you guys this morning. And I really want to trust God just to touch wherever you are. And don't worry about the people around you right now. You know, you're sitting with your kids in front of the TV. You know, just say to me, come on, close your eyes quickly. And let's just, let's just take a minute quickly just to, to hear what it is that God is saying to us. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this house this morning. I thank you for a word that, that resonated in our hearts this morning. Yes, Father, we feel like we can die right now. Yes, Lord, we feel like we just want to give up and, and the fight is over. Yes, we want to just, Father, worried about, you know, what one prayer is being answered. And, and we've got this long list of what ifs. But there's one thing that we know on this side and it says that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so Father, for every person that is battling with anxiety right now, every person that is battling with stress, I want to pray for those that have lost jobs, those that are battling with COVID, those that are in hospital, those that have lost loved ones, those that have lost family members. Lord, I, I want to come and pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth today that your peace, the peace that's a possible understanding will flood their hearts, their minds and their souls right now in Jesus' name. I want to pray today that you would strengthen us like never before. I want to pray right now, Father, that we may find ourselves, Lord, it sounds like a crazy place, but right under the broom bush is the greatest place to be right now. And in the season that we find ourselves under the broom bush, it's a season where you're going to feed us, the season where we're going to rest, and the season, Father, where you're going to give us that water of life. And there's a time where you're going to refresh us. But also know it's a time where we're about to embark on the greatest journey of our life. Father, we've done so well for you. Lord, we need to finish strong. We need to finish strong. We've done so well, Father. We cannot stumble at the final hurdle. We cannot fall at the final jump, Father. And it is destined in our hearts and it's destined in the purpose of the plans that you have for us. That we will be successful in that which you have placed in our hearts. 
And so we want to get up this morning again. We want to strengthen ourselves. The word of God says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord after he had the most horrific time of his life. And I pray that every one of us today would be like David. They would strengthen ourselves like Elijah that strengthened himself in you. That as we strengthen ourselves in you, we can see the journey ahead so much clearer. I pray for those that are sick. God, that you would start to heal. I pray for the church to arise. I pray for us to come out of our slumber and out of our sleep right now. Father, and just find ourselves just at such a good space with you and in what it is that you do in our lives. And I thank you for the anointing that's upon our lives. I thank you for every person that is, is here this morning and every person that is listening. Oh God, just come and touch them right now. Holy Spirit of God, just come and just fall upon them this morning. I ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. I pray for a time of refreshing. Father, a time of worship. A time where you renew our strength, Father. A time where you lift us up out of Maori clay. And I know at times we feel like that man that stood at the pool, Lord, for 40 odd years, and every time he was a getting for healing, someone jumps in ahead of him. I know someone is a feeling like that at the moment. But Father, today I can feel my feet in the water. Today I can feel my feet in the water because today I know that you're going to turn things for the good in our lives. I know that today you're going to spin things around. It doesn't matter what happens this week or, or what the president decides tonight. All that we know is our faith is in you. The hope of glory. It's not in an announcement. It's not in a restriction. It's not in a law. It's in you. And so Father, come Holy Spirit of God. Touch us right now. Those that, that, are, that have just walked away from God. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're just bitter. Maybe you just need a fresh touch with God. I want to pray for you this morning. And if that is you, just say, Father, here I am. And as you say, Father, here I am, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come upon that person right now that has walked away from you. That person that has lost hope in you. That person that has lost faith in you this morning. I pray that, Father, Holy Spirit of God, that you would touch them afresh and new this morning in Jesus' name. And you, maybe you've never known Jesus. Maybe you've never knew like Jesus. Maybe you don't even believe in the scripture. thing. I'm going to say to you, He's the way and the truth and the light. The word of God says that no man cometh unto the Father but through the Son. If you think, think times are tough right now, you have no idea what life is going to be without Jesus. So come Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit. Just come. Touch every life right now. Touch every home. We pray for your church. We pray for your church. We pray for your church. You know where you need to be right now. You know what you need to do right now. And may this be that, that day that everything changes. You know what I love about that scripture I just read? That the word says that he arose. He arose. He got up from where he was. 
and he started a journey. It took him 40 days, 200 miles, but he stood up. And maybe this morning or maybe it's your time to stand up. It's your time to strengthen yourself in the things of God. It's your time to eat of the cake that God has given you, the bread of life, the water of the Spirit, that God has given you, the rest that God has given you in His presence. Because I believe that God is stirring you and ushering you into a place where things happen. And you're going to start getting excited about what God wants to do in your life, church. Oh, just come, Holy Spirit. Just come.